Welcome to the Random Tea Sleepy Hollow Podcast. I'm Quinny. I'm Shania. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 15, Incommunicado. Ooh. Da, da, da. It sounds ominous. Lots of stuff happened. So much stuff happened. Yeah. There was an episode. There was an episode, and it was not the normal episode. And the hidden one had more than five seconds of, of FaceTime. He did, and he talked, and like there were words. And said and, things? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. We learned things. We learned lots of things. So that was really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before we get into the recap, um, we got uh, some pre-back about last week. Um, apparently, we inadvertently hit a nerve because we got three uh, feedbacks on the same item. And that was, um, I believe we said that, you know, Abby don't need no man. Basically was the gist of of what we said. And I did want to start this off because I'm going to read all the emails. uh, But I did want to start off by saying um, we kind of have avoided this issue because Tony has brought this up in the past. Um, And we've we've really avoided it because we are not black women. We do not have that perspective. So, like, I can't for one second think that I know, you know, what uh, a woman of color's perspective is on this show. So we're and coming. We won't pretend to. Of course not. Yeah, because that would be that would be the height of of rudeness, and you know, so we come at it from just our own standpoint, which you know we are we are white women. Um, but I will say, um, <laughs> I will. She just made a face. Um, I will say that um, not relevant to the conversation. No, relevant to that. She just had some vodka. Um, I will say that we we bitch about this. Like, if you listen to any of our Marvel podcasts, we bitch about this with Natasha Romanoff. Um, you were not happy that Peggy Carter got uh, got a no. big old romance side arc this this season. No. So, I will say when we when we say things about Abby, I'm not saying it Abby as a woman. I'm saying or Abby as a black woman. I'm saying it as Abby as a female character from our perspective. Yes. Yes. And that being said that I love me some Ick Abby. I just don't um, want the writers to fuck it up. I do want to point out okay. that uh, here's uh, here's some representation Yeah, for for these ladies who wrote in to us. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any, any of them watched The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Michonne, mm-hmm. who's a woman of color, mm-hmm. uh, just in the last, was it two episodes ago or three episodes? I think it was two episodes two or, ago. Okay. Yeah, because I told you all. I was so yeah, excited about it. You texted me, it. and I don't even watch the show, and you're she, like, uh, you, you told she, me about it. She's now in a romantic relationship with the lead character, Rick, who is a uh, white man. Yeah. And when it, because it's it's been shipped for a long time, and yeah. while it was not my ship of choice on the show, because my ship of choice on the show is Daryl and Carol, but that's right. my perspective. That's yeah. what I like. I like their relationship better. Yeah. But that's just me. But when they got together I was like yes mm-hmm. I was so excited and I texted you and yeah. it was the internet I even knew what was it was like when you said you it I was like that's Rick and, and Michonne you don't watch it. and I don't watch that show so uh <laughs> there's yeah and she got the leading man yeah so I was very excited to see it but yeah you'll hear you'll hear um Janya say several times in some of our other podcasts um don't need no man because I'm 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel I'm very strong-willed on that yeah I'm very strong that's yeah. an opinion that I can't but then again, we're coming at it from more of a feminist perspective than a racial perspective, just because that's... It's not a perspective we have. Right, right. And so we won't pretend to... We don't have the to... experience and we exactly. don't want to fake it. So I do want to say, um, I'm going to read uh, Tony's email first, because like I said, Tony's brought this up to us before, and we've kind of avoided it because 
I can't give a good opinion on what it feels like to be a, a woman of color watching this show because I'm not. Um, so, but I felt that it was important because, uh, Tony specifically mentioned this again to us, uh, wrote us an email, uh, along with a couple others and I, I'm going to read them. Um, and so I just wanted to start off with everybody's perspective is valid on this. Sure. You know, you're, you're absolutely, everybody's coming at it from a different perspective. So I just wanted to say that. Okay. So we start off with, uh, dear Queenie and Janya. I listened to your podcast last night and I enjoyed it. However, I take issue with the glazing over of racial problems in this country. Abby Mills is not a white woman. Therefore, it is easier for a show to insert what they believe in this grand idea of the celebrated independent woman. And that's in quotes. That's not something that was quickly applied to the, to the white female actresses. No, in fact, they were always revered as beautiful and irresistible to every man on the planet. It was consistently shown in the movies and TV shows of old, as well as today, that men desired the fair-skinned woman. So it wouldn't be such a problem to have a strong black female woman who isn't defined by a man if we didn't live in a society constantly telling women of color what they ought to be. Here's some truth. African-American women have have had enough taken away from them for generations. It wouldn't be such a major issue if they hadn't for decades uh, overlooked and treated African-American actresses as sexless and undesirable, but they did. Surely you are aware of Hollywood being uncomfortable with on-screen romance between a white man and a woman of color whose skin tone may be too dark for their liking. And that's that's very true. Um, this wasn't about Abby needing a man or feeling somehow incomplete if she didn't. Most people who either read the article or saw that bullshit that was indeed being pulled in season two saw the situation for what it was. I'm not here to sugarcoat that, which is the truth. You don't have to be an African-American to know or understand racism. You know it when you see it. So why do you think there was such an uproar about the African-American actors on the show being sidelined? That's true. And I, I know that Orlando Jones has spoken out um, about that very uh, uh, vocally. Well, and I also want to point out that it's an issue. And again, I'm going to go back to The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. That it's it's an issue that apparently the show is only allowed one black man at a time. Oh. It, they'll, they'll kill one off and then another one comes on. They'll kill one off and yeah. another one comes back on. Um, and I've that's always really bothered me about that show, the way they tend to cycle through them. We got that a little bit on uh, Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. when they killed Trip. Well, I know. And then we had Mac And then we board. had Mac, yeah. yeah. Um, but currently there are two uh, dark-skinned men, uh, men, man? <laughs> Plurals. Yeah. Words. Uh, on The Walking Dead, and I'm very concerned for Heath's life right now because it's yeah. common, and I, it bothers me. It's become a trope. It has. It, and it's, it's like the and horror. And I don't like it. It's like horror movies. It's, it's, become, it's become the black guy dies first. And they may as well have a red shirt on. Exactly. And it's horrible. So, yeah. So, uh, Tony continues, I applause, I applaud those who stand up no matter what background or ethnicity and speak to the longstanding and problematic issue in America. That is how, um, quote, white America sees a woman of color, particularly the African-American woman. Anyone who knows this country's history and how they treated brown-skinned women, whether it be dark, medium, or light, would understand that the white man did not regard these women in a positive way. According to his standards, they were animals, not human beings. She wasn't worthy of her own name um, or her body, but instead was his quote-unquote property. She was considered a workhorse, um, his to rape when he felt like it, with no regard to who she was and what she could have been. 
So when I hear that those who who will never know what it's like to be a woman of color say things like, well, I love the fact that the Abby Mills character doesn't need a man to be whole or to mean something, um, you're making it a feminist issue. And that's that's exactly the point. That's the perspective that we were using. Yeah, exactly. So you called that out completely, Tony. That's that's incredibly correct. Um, it but goes, there's nothing wrong with feminism. Right. Um, but... As Tony points out, it goes beyond being a woman because she is a woman of color. And I understand that. And I'm glad that Tony wrote to us and explained it to us from yes. her perspective because yes. we didn't we didn't get that. Yeah, exactly. So this this was great. Um, she is a woman of color, and no matter what you or I would like to believe or think, unfortunately, the tone of her skin, and depending on how Afrocentric she looks, this will always be a remaining factor. Um, there's nothing wrong not. with what now i hope not uh, yeah i hope there's I nothing hope it will not always be i hope it won't be but uh, current time yeah absolutely um she says there's nothing wrong with being an independent woman unfortunately african-american women who usually get limited roles in movies and television don't have the luxury to play the independent character because that has been their stat that has been the status quo for these women in the acting business for a very long time because they aren't usually the lead they rarely get to be the woman who is romanticized by the male lead White women have gotten and held these roles for a long time. It's important that young African-American girls don't see themselves as quote-unquote less than in the beauty department. All because racism continues to be a deciding factor in whether or not you fit the quote-unquote European standard of beauty. America has a problem with the way an African-American woman looks. From how she wears her hair to how Afrocentric she looks. And yes, that includes skin tone. Uh, did you know that the browns that the brown skin slash African slash African American woman is considered less desirable, most likely to not be considered dateable, and thanks to society that's that's still hell bent on wanting to destroy what's left of the African American identity, people believe these ridiculous ideas that they're that the darker skinned women must be ignorant on welfare and have a ton of kids living in the quote unquote ghetto. When did the term ghetto all of a sudden pertain to a particular race of people? Too Afro Afrocentric doesn't necessarily mean you won't get hired. It just means your role in Hollywood will most likely be limited. You will be asked to straighten your hair or to wear a weave. Did you know that African Americans, especially women, were being persecuted in the workforce because they they were they weren't wearing their hair according to European standards? That somehow wearing braids was a problem, that it was too ethnic instead of quote-unquote corporate America came up with lame excuses as to why they felt so offended by an African-American person's hair and hairstyle. Instead of acknowledging that their bigotry is the driving force behind it, they instead make excuses. It isn't funny that a country steeped in such hatred for a particular race of people happily applies racial, racist stereotypes when they think no one is watching. Yet when they get caught, all of a sudden they, they want to backtrack, never want to have an open and honest discussion regarding the subject, but somehow takes offense when you call them on the carpet for what they really are, and that is white supremacy. And that is, I think, an excellent point, because, um, like I said, our intent was never to um, come across as racist, good God, no. But I have no right to say whether somebody's offended or not. It's kind of like when no. we get... Like when I, I'll use the, my one of my favorite feminist things to talk about is men telling women to smile. Yeah. Um, the guy that tells me that has no right to decide whether I'm offended by that or not. Nope. 
and he doesn't have the frame of reference to know why I'm offended by that. Another example of that is uh, we are recent, rec- recently we are supporting a no prank pledge. Yes, uh, for, for April com- Fools. For coming for the April Fools Day, um, and because. And there was somebody mentioned something about, oh, well, the jokes I'm going to do are going to be harmless. Well, it's not that person's right to decide what offends somebody else or what's going to hurt somebody else's yeah. feelings or is going to cause them so much anxiety that they have an anxiety attack. Yeah, because we, we, a lot of people were commenting on it saying, oh, my God, this is a great idea because I get a lot of anxiety around April 1st. Yeah. And it's kind of like um, what I see a lot, of, a lot of people with anxiety posting on Tumblr is specifically... Um, you can't come at me and just say, don't be anxious. There's nothing to be anxious about. You're like, yeah. that's not how it works. Yeah. yeah. So, it's not. So, that's not how the force works. Exactly. So, Tony, thank you for that. I, th- I think, and I think the, um, you know, I've, I've heard stuff about um, women wearing their hair natural and it being not, quote unquote, corporate America. Like, I've heard stuff like that and it sickens me. I th- you know, I would have hoped at this point well, in time we would have been past that, but apparently we're not. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm still, I'm still loving Abby's hair. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I don't know. <clears throat> I got choked up over. It. I know. Uh, I'm loving Abby's hair. I was, and I was actually kind of surprised they're letting her wear that. I expected them to go back to straightening it. I and did they too. Didn't, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and Jenny, I think Jenny's only straightened her hair a couple times when she was like glamming it up or whatever to go to a party, if I remember correctly. I think so. So I think that's really nice. So, um, but yeah, I, I completely understand because I mean I know we're not people of color, but that was one of our comments uh, in the second season was that like you had this really diverse cast, and now you're adding all Where these. Did it go? Now you're focusing on all these random new white people just because like. Well, we do have we do now have Sophie. Yeah. So I, and I think that's awesome. I think that's great. Um, so thank you, Tony, for that. And I will say, yeah, Tony brought this up a long time ago, and we, we we've skirted it on purpose. Um, so an attempt to not offend people. And it's yeah, because we really don't want to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I just think that's a good example of it's more than just feminism. It's it there is racism involved in this too. So. I think that's interesting. Um, so this is uh, a, name, a message from Dory, um, who is uh, new to give us feedback. So welcome, Dory. Um, she says, hello, Random Tea Podcast. I've been enjoying your show for a while now. You're one of the few shows I've heard that appreciates Abby Mills and Nicole Beharry as much, if not more, than Ichabod Crane and Tom Meissen. I've heard podcast hosts question whether people even watch the show for Nicole, which is insane to me. Um, I know, right? Yeah. Like. Oh, that just yeah. makes me nauseous. Um, Dory says, needless to say, I stopped listening to and unsubscribed to those shows right away. That's actually one of the reasons we started podcasting. Because we couldn't find a, po- a Sleepy Hollow podcast that we like. Yeah, exactly. So um, she goes on to say, I was sad to hear the comments um, in your Into the Wild recap about uh, Abby Mills fans who want to see her be loved in a romantic way. Many fangirls of color don't get to see their favorite characters get love on screen, especially if that character is a woman of color. And the excuses they get from writers, execs, and other fans sound a lot like what you said in the episode. And I think that's a valid critique. Um, She says, women of color uh, characters are so quote-unquote strong, and they quote-unquote don't need no man, and it's so quote-unquote refreshing to see a woman not be defined by a relationship. But why is it always so refreshing when it's a woman of color? And I will say, um, to stop Dory there, I will say, I bitch about this with white women too. So, 
I'm an equal opportunity bitcher when Absolutely. it comes to romance. Yes. You know, the romantic subplots for me as a white woman have been shoved down my throat, but I can I can honestly see where women of color are like, I don't get enough of that. I get it from the white I can lady. See that. I'm I'm done with seeing white ladies. I can see that you but, know. But the point I really think we're trying to make is that we were not aware of that perspective. Yep. Exactly. Until these ladies wrote into us and explained it to us yes. better. Which, thank you for the explanation. Absolutely. That's, I think that's great. It's going to change the way we podcast a little bit. Yeah, it will. Um, and so Dory goes on to say, Olivia Dunham on Fringe wasn't defined by her relationship with Peter Bishop. Neither one of us watched that. But sure. Um, neither was Aaron's son on Farscape. Um, uh, I've never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I don't get those references, but I but I believe you. Um, she says that these commitments reinforce ugly stereotypes about women of color that shouldn't exist in 2016, but sadly still do. I just hope you'll consider this the next time you discuss Abby's romantic relationships or lack thereof. Thank you, Dory. So thank you, Dory. Um, and I will say, like, I'm a huge Ick Abby shipper. I'm just yes. mistrustful of this writing. I don't think, no, they have not done it right so far. Yeah. So, but I... Like, so I do want to see it. So I, I don't want anybody to think that I don't want these two together because, good God, they're literally soulmates. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think it just let us think about it in a, in a different way. In a different way. light. So, and I'm glad. Yeah. Um, and so our third email on this is from Darla. Um, and Darla says, I am sending you this email in response to a comment that was made about the Vulture article, um, Sleepy Hollow, Why Won't You Let Abby Be Loved? Uh, the comment was, Abby Mills not needing a man. And I'm going to just say it's offensive. It's an offensive term and it perpetuates a racist trope. You may not understand that or realize that as a non-black person. We didn't. Um, but it's the truth. That phrase, strong woman who don't need a man, more, more often than not, is specifically made when talking about black women in their love life. It's done to keep the black woman in a mammy role, which I actually like never considered. Me either. But it makes a lot of sense when, no. when Darla points it out like that. Um, Darla continues, the best friend, the sidekick, the person that's not desirable or worthy of being loved. It's so much easier to talk about how you're tired of seeing romantic subplots on TV shows when you're represented in all of them. And I thought that was, that was probably one of the best sentences in this. It's really easy to bitch about it when you've got a ton of it. As a white woman, yeah, I've got my pick of romantic relationships. So much of it that we're sick of it. Exactly. So I thought that was good to point out. Um, Darla continues, as a black woman, I can't say the same. Now, in 2016, there's a lot more black women in re leading roles being allowed to have a romantic relationship. But it's not like there's a lot of them. Abby's always been well-defined by her role as a witness. It amazes me that anyone, anyone would think that her being with Crane would change that at all. Uh, she should be allowed to have all the spoils that life has to offer, and that includes having someone to love and be in love with. The fact that we, the audience, have yet to see that is troubling, especially when everyone else around her is afforded the opportunity. Crane's never been treated in this regard, that his relationships are reduced to him being defined by women. I haven't heard either of you guys say that, but if you have, please direct me to the podcast so I can retract the statement. Uh, I don't think he has been defined by his relationship with other women mm, i'm trying to think through his relationship with women aside no. from the fact that katrina no, turned him into a trash can yeah well that's yeah. a whole other issue yeah um so darla continues um the but i do think it's interesting that we've seen crane in more romantic relationships than we have abby and he was even married for like two seasons yeah 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 
Um, so Darla continues, the world is much different for women of color, especially black women. So when you guys talk about that, you're tired of seeing it, of seeing it's a hard pill to swallow as a black woman. And I completely understand that. Um, because our worlds are clearly not the same. I really enjoy some of the points you guys make about the show and the frustration regarding the writing. Many I share as well. However, I'm not sure if I can listen to this podcast much longer. If this is how you guys view the show, it makes me wonder how others really feel about Abby. Um, I will say, Darla, um, it was good to hear your comments, but I will be the first one to say, um, I, 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 on Tumblr specifically, I'm, I'm a big proponent of if for whatever reason, whether they mean to or not, if somebody is making you feel bad or uncomfortable or sad or whatever, just remove it. Like unfollow. Like if you honestly, if you feel the need to not listen to the podcast anymore, cause you feel that we're not representing, um, women of color's viewpoint, which I will say again, we're not. Um, so I think it'd be kind of weird to even try. Um, but if you feel the need to do that, I will be the first one to not fault you for that. So no, I think that I think more people need to just remove things out of their negativity life. from their life. Yeah. So or what they feel, well, if they feel it's negative, if to they them, feel it's negative to them, I recently personally had to do, do that, that in my life. So yeah, do it. Um, so yeah, but I, I will say like, I hadn't considered, um, the strong independent woman, quote unquote, being used against women of color because I don't get it with, with, uh, right. From white actresses, I guess I didn't, I didn't even consider that. So that was good to point out. And like you said, um, like Johnny said, I think this is probably going to change the way we, we podcast a little bit. And watch well, watch and, shows and in watch general. the shows yeah. because now I'm going to kind of be aware of this stuff. We have been educated. We have, and so I thank you guys um, for sending those in and letting us know. Um, and and I kind of we we've talked about it a lot off off the podcast, um, and we talked about it several times to the point of I don't really feel that I'm qualified no. to to make any kind of an opinion on you know women of color in in media in that way. Uh, but I kind of I'm glad we had this conversation. And you know what? What? If it happens again, yep. I hope these ladies call us to the floor and educate us again. Yes, because you know that's a that's an excellent point. Because sometimes it's going to take more than one pop up side the head. Well, it might not even it may not even necessarily be this particular com- conversation, this particular yeah. topic or subject or whatever. But if anything regarding Abby, should we say anything? Yeah. That is could be construed as offended and explain it to us educate us because i will say like if you look at it from a feminism perspective i've had to unlearn some very problematic behavior that society has taught me yes i've tried like and tumblr for all the shit people give tumblr tumblr has been very eye-opening for me in a lot of regards including racism and so it's been it's been different for me to go okay oh i that that's a problematic way of thinking that should not have been my first thought i don't want to slut shame her that's really stupid like i don't care if she wants to do whatever she wants to do does it hurt anybody no so yeah it's it's a process so absolutely and it's a a constantly learning changing yeah process yeah so that's all i have on that issue so that's all you have to say about on that but you have a couple other pre-back I items. I do have some other stuff. Um, I believe, uh, let's see, 
Joy, uh, I think she tweeted this at us too, but she emailed it to us. Okay. There's a, uh, on Twitter, and I'm going to put a link to the actual post uh, in our show notes. Um, uh, at Michigan Cubs fan, I don't, I've never, I don't know who he is, but he um, found, uh, the tweet says, look what I found. Hashtag Ica Abbey symbol over Crane's grave in Sleepy Hollow's pilot. Sleepy Riders took us back to season one. So, and, and there's a screenshot in that tweet, and there's a link in our show notes. And I went back and rewatched the pilot episode up to this point. And while I can neither confirm nor deny that it is the actual symbol, it looks like it really could be. Yeah, a lot. Very much so. But you never see the whole picture. Yeah. To say for sure, but it looks it awfully damn suspicious. well could be. And I will say, like, if they go back that, like, if it went back this far, like, kudos to the writers for being having way more forethought than I ever gave them credit for. I know, right? So, okay. Uh, so Tony wrote in um, between episodes and said, "Hi, Queenie and Janya. Hi, Tony. Hi. I forgot to mention that while on the search for information on the Golden Scarab, turns out it belonged to Nefertiti. It also turns out that Nefertiti and her husband were worshippers of the sun god Ra. They were indeed. They were heretics. I'm beginning to wonder if this." Golden Scarab and Joe's, quote, blood money, end quote, is somehow connected. It's obvious that Nevins and his pals stole something that didn't belong to them in the first place. Yes, they did. By the way, have you noticed this whole season has been focused on property and not touching one's things unless allowed? So here's a thought. What if that gold slash money really belongs to Abby's family? Is it possible that Abby is a descendant of Nefertiti? If so, what would if so, that would be interesting, or maybe it belongs to both of the witnesses. The rune does point to ancestry and wealth and lineage, so it's possible. Now, something else I needed to mention is Abby's time in what we, the audience, believe to be the underworld or dimension. I think Abby ended up in ancient Mesopotamia in the Sumerian city of Ur, spelled U-R. Mm. Wikipedia had pictures of this ancient city and its temple, which, by the way, closely resembles the temple Abby was in. Yeah, it was a lot like a step pyramid. The Sumerians refer to these temples as ziggurat, ziggurats. ziggurats. Yeah. I was going to go with ziggurats. I remember that from like middle school social studies. That's pretty sweet. So that's really, which is really, the, the things that we found out in this particular episode that we're about to yeah. recap, um, that's a really interesting point. Mm -hmm. In a way, I think that was unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get to that. When we get to that. Right. So. Um, before you continue, can I do a housekeeping note? Yes. Um, when you mentioned uh, Joyce, um, Joyce let us know earlier Joy. in the week. Joy. It's Not signed Joyce. Joyce. The email with the missing episodes, signed Joyce. Okay, but the email that sent me the Twitter is Joy. Oh, okay. Well, we have a Joy and a Joyce. Sorry, okay. guys. Anywho, Joyce... Hi, Joyce. Who is a lovely human being. Um, she let us know that uh, some of our episodes were missing from the iTunes feed, and it was being a douche. Um, and we checked, and it was only a problem with iTunes, and we... The, the computer program. Yeah, and, yeah, because it wasn't... It didn't seem to be a problem on our apps, but it, if you pulled it up on, on your computer, it was very problematic, so... It was on Stitcher. Yeah, it was on Stitcher. So, it, it's an iTunes issue, um, and we've opened a ticket... Um, but I did want to let everybody know that we've republished everything. And that if you ever see anything missing, let us know. Because... Yeah, so we can try and get it fixed. Well, we'll I mean, I'll, I had to 
I think put the post back in the draft and republish it to get it back out there. And then I went into the back end of iTunes and refreshed the feed, which you can do that now. You couldn't do that a couple of months ago. You yeah. can do that now. So I went in the back end and refreshed it. So I think it, a combination of the two. Yeah. I did get word back on the ticket that I submitted and they mm-hmm. said, we can see it all because you're well, like, it was back we out there. Republished. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to let you know this happened, whatever, but so yeah. So do yeah, let tell it, us, do let us know guys. Cause uh, this it's happened a couple other times with some of our other stuff. Um, so, but as far as we can tell, it's an iTunes issue. So if you ever get desperate and it's the middle of the night, you can go find us on our website or on Stitcher. Yeah. Or, Cause you, you can know, straight, straight from the site. Yeah. So, sorry. I wanted to talk oh, about no that problem. before I forgot about it. It's important. Cause I'm scatty like that. That's okay. <laughs> so that brings us to Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Ladies. Uh, the subject to his um, email is, do you ever think <laughs> just get on with it? And he says, finally, an actual an actual purpose for Sophie. Now, this is in reference to last week's episode. Okay. Abby and Ichabod can now go on separate quests and Sophie can accompany the danger. At least the Wendigo did not have to devour flesh to return to being Joe. Maybe a protective case to hold a tiny flake of Pandora's do- box can be made from Moloch's horn. This was a cool idea. And then he could take it out when needed or during after parties when it's time for everyone <laughs> to go home. I need me one of those. I know, right? Uh, it, de- it did seem like the episode was time shifted. They showed Abby's day then shifted at, to some point in Ichabod's. If someone had told me, quote, maybe I didn't want to get her back in the FBI, end quote, um, there would have been a throwdown. Fortunately, Abby is less reactionary. No sense confronting someone who is obviously, quote, just taking orders. Yeah. The scene in Daniel's office. Did she forget about the previous comment? I think maybe. I kind of did, too. I think like, the writers did. Until Joe pointed out, I was like, oh, Yeah. Uh, I would have been like a dog with a bone with that if that would have happened at work for me. I would have been like, no, really, what were you talking about? What were you talking no, about? No, seriously. Yeah. Uh, Joe says, at first I started to say, quote, what the f- <laughs> end quote. But then I remembered I used my allotments of what the fucks last week. Or, excuse me, WTFs. Okay, yeah. He says WTFs. Yeah. Uh, I don't really <laughs> think Abby forgot the, quote, maybe I didn't want you back, end quote, comment. I'm speculating. Uh, this can't even qualify as a theory. Uh, that the scene in Daniel's office was a, quote, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, end quote, moment. Joe. Yeah, because Abby's not dumb. No. Postscript. I wonder, well, he says PP. That's not post. <laughs> PS is postscript. I wonder if Ichabod and Abby each carried half, if Ichabod, that's all Janya, by the way. Yes. That's not what Joe said. Now, let me translate. I wonder if Ichabod and Abby each carried half of the charm, kind of like sweetheart necklaces. Aww. They could be psychically connected. That'd be kind of cool. I wanted to pronounce it correctly. Psychic. Psychically. That'd be really cool. I wanted to say physically, but that's not what that says. That's not how that works. not what that word means. Uh, so that'd be kind of cool though that would be kind of cool so that's all of the feedback from last week but again like and joe joe did this at the beginning of the season too he would come up with a really good idea and it would be womp womped by like the next episode because now the the charm is gone yeah (laughs) sorry joe but it was a really good idea yeah it was a great idea yeah until yeah 
it wasn't anymore. <laughs> Still, it wasn't a thing anymore. All right. So are you ready to get, did we do uh No, we haven't done writing. Okay. Director. I'm so glad you can read my mind. <laughs> um, so this episode was directed by Russell Lee Fine, who directed Paradise Lost, Whispers in the Dark, Dead Men Tell No Tales, Novus and Novus Ordo Seclorum. Okay. So lots of sleepy hollowness. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it was written by two ladies, which I think is great. Um, Chernold Edwards, who who wrote this Red Lady from Caribbee, um, which we liked that episode. I yeah, think. she's a producer, and then she also wrote, and I put this in here for you: nine episodes of Haven. <gasps> There's one problem with that, though. What Haven, Haven was, was a horrible, terrible, terrible show. <laughs> I'm yes. so glad it finally ended because I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah, but sometimes if you're a writer and you need a job. Like it's true, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that was a. I do not recommend Haven. Yeah, it started out okay, and then it, and boy did it tank. God, you bitched about it a lot, but I stuck with it till the end. You did, you did. That was, was another loyal. one you would randomly text me about. I was loyal, <laughs> and I hated the way it ended. Um, it was also written by Heather Renier, who's also a producer. Uh, she wrote on Midnight Ride, Indispensable Man, and The Abyss Looks Back, Kali Yuga, The Sisters Mills, and Kindred Spirits. Okay. So, yeah. Two lady writers. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Well, this this seemed to be a pretty... Mm, pivotal seems too strong of a word. Important? In, in the... In, relatively. Yes. We're yes. talking on, on the Sleepy Hollow scale. <laughs> we have to scale it on the Sleepy that's Hollow true. scale. That's true. Uh, a more important episode than we've seen yeah in some time yeah so to know that the producer co-producers people were involved makes sense yeah. they it, tend to be it really does um so we start off and uh this uh garage band is rehearsing and it's and it's some can older we, gentlemen can we call it what it is what it's a midlife rock band yeah it's a midlife rock band which i can laugh at because i'm at that age yeah Yes, so. you can. Um, so they're they're rehearsing, and then fucking Kyle goes into We've this. We talked like, about this, Kyle. Fucking Kyle goes into like this, like five minute long guitar solo, and they're like, "Damn it, Kyle!" It's, <laughs> we it's, all agreed. It's called shredding. It's called. I'm sorry, shredding. It's called shredding. He was shredding. I don't even know what that means, but. <laughs> and so, um, they're like, "Dude, we agreed. We're gonna be post punk indie rock." And he's like, fine, after he, like, he tries to quit the band, and they're like, can you please not quit the band for one episode, or for one, one uh, episode, for one rehearsal, which apparently this is the theme with Kyle. Um, and so this is when they start playing again, and all of a sudden, all the sound goes away. Thank it's God. very ominous. And then, of course, this thing that we know to be the banshee shows up, and, <laughs> and they, uh, yeah, they, they did. Can, can I say it? Yeah. Can I say it? Go oh, my God, you killed Kyle. You, you bastards! bastards. <laughs> That's a South Park reference. Don't watch South Park. It's offensive to everybody. It's so bad. So many people. Awful. Um. So yeah. So they're they're dead. Um. And so we go to the archives, and um, Ichabod's looking at the tablet, and again, like he's he's got oven mitts on, and he's trying to see what blocks the signal, and he's he's basically experimenting. Um. And uh, he says something like touching the metal symbol with bare skin is lethal, but I'm like, they've done it a bunch? No, it's what they're saying is um, he's he's testing the connection. He's tried uh, latex gloves. He's tried um, 
leather. Oh, it's plastic. What he sees the visions through the um. The, he calls the mitts the what well, I can't remember what he quilted called. mitts Quilt or something. Something it was it was funny. Yeah. And uh, but it seemed like the skin contact was the only thing that created the connection. The connection. Okay. All right. Good. I'm you, I'm less confused now. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, I, I was had to like, watch it three times. I was like, they've I'll, been touching it a lot. Well, you know, shinies happen. Yeah. And I get distracted. And it about the pretty. And, and it so was Abby. Um. And so this one, and Abby, then Abby sh showed up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, with pastries, no less. Which I'm like, hello, yes. Um. And so they start talking, and he's like, oh, did you? he's like, I ordered this and this, and she's like, um, she's like, how do you know that's not in the bag? And then she's like. You know, you know what's in the bag, don't you? Because you spied on me, and he's like, "I didn't mean to." You promised, yeah, yeah. But this is so apparently they've had a talk. They've had a talk about this, <laughs> uh, but it is a callback to Crane's sweet tooth. Yes, because he does. I thought it was going to be donut holes, personally. So the uh, it was a bear claw and an, an almond, almond beignet. Yeah, which I didn't which know they made almond beignets. Really good because beignets are good enough on their own uh so yeah but it's a callback to to crane sweet tooth because she got him the summer squash nut muffin she's going to get him healthy if it kills her and then she ended up giving him a multi-grain croissant at, which he liked by he the did way. like he thought that was good um so this is when <laughs> she she gets a call from sophie uh, can i just say that i would totally use it to spy yeah oh yeah i'm i'm not gonna i'll i'll say yeah I, especially if if it gives you know that person you have the bond with yeah totally i'm just what i'm so what i'm saying is i would totally spy on you okay i'm okay with that because <laughs> i'd do it too because you would totally spy on me yeah yeah that's true as long as we understand yeah. each other I'm, <laughs> if that ever happens then we're there good go. but it was a crime against pastries it was a crime against pastries <laughs> i think butternut squashed nut muffins is a crime against pastries yeah, I'm sure somebody could make those good, but just thinking about it doesn't sound great. But I'm the crane sweet tooth. So. You are. You are. Um, so she gets a call from Sophie who wants her help at a crime scene. And <laughs> Abby's going to leave um, and meet her, meet her at the FBI office. And then she's like, she does the eye thing. Like, I'm watching you, Crane. It was great. It was just really cute. Well, apparently he's watching the croissant. Yes. I don't think he understands. I don't think he does either. Um, so we go to the FBI office and uh, Sophie is showing Abby uh, pictures of the crime scene. And it turns out, and I loved this one bit because I usually bitch about, and I, and I bitch about this on Bones a lot when I still watched it, was, now why the fuck is the FBI involved in this? But Sophie mentioned it. The drummer was a tech analyst for them. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, I only got it on the second watch through. That was a quick line of dialogue, but they explained They explained it, so kudos to, to the lady writers on that. Um, and so They it, must watch Bones. They must, <laughs> bitch. Um, and it turns out the guys died of ruptured eardrums. I didn't know that could kill you. Well, it led to a cerebral hemorrhage. Oh, well, that'll kill that'll you. That'll kill you. That'll kill you. Um, and so this is when um, Sophie got the recording the band made. Because apparently they were recording. She stole it. Damn it, Kyle. Um, and it it shows that the creature showed up, and this is why she called. This is why she called yeah. Abby because it's there was smoke. Yeah, there was. It was. It was spooky, spooky. And so Abby points out a bow in the wall. Yeah. And she mentions that uh, there were reports in the 1920s uh, caused that a seance seances that would cause a bow in the wall or glass like and metal or whatnot. Would, yeah. Uh, which I couldn't find anything on. Yeah. 
Um, so if anybody knows anything about that, please point me. Because it specifically really to interesting. The, well, specifically to the 1920s. Yeah. I, I couldn't find anything in general or specifically to the 1920s. Okay. Although I did find in my research, I knew this already, but I ran across uh, Houdini and Doyle in the 1920s because, you yeah. know, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle was big into the whole... Spiritualism spe- business. Seance thing. He, his wife was a medium or something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and Houdini was really big into the whole debunking it. Yes. Which made them best buddies. He wanted to believe in it, but he... He wanted to, but he couldn't because of who he who he was. Yeah. He made a living off of fooling people. Yeah, exactly. So, and then uh, Sophie mentions the Hyde sisters. Yeah. So, I, I tried to dig into that, and the only thing I could find uh, was there was a movie short in 19, uh, from 1928, but I couldn't even really find... It's on IMDb. Mm-hmm. But that's all you're going to pull up. Yeah. Hyde Sisters, 1928. It's a thing that existed. Movie short. That's it. No plot, no writers, no yeah. direct, nothing. So I was like, okay, that kind of sucks. So it could possibly be related to Dr. Check, Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. It could just be a sly reference to Sister Mirroring. Or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. or Sisters that were involved in the supernatural. And then Abby and Jenny... <sighs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't find anything to, to pin it on. So, so the data is inconclusive. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so this is when um, she's like, okay, well, I'll go talk to Ichabod. And Sophie's like, well, I'll gather Joe and Jenny. And we'll, uh, we'll look at the recording and see where we can get. And I, I thought this was great. There, it was teamwork. It was what we liked so much about last episode with these two. I really like Sophie and Abby working together. I, think I do great. too because well I think it has to do with the fact that they're both federal agents and they're used to procedural procedures and protocol and yeah a plus b to c to yeah. d and they're using that sadly it's a trope but they're using it yeah but I think it's good um so we go to the archive and Ichabod is uh, he thinks it's Abby coming in because he's like uh he makes a quip about like those better be donuts or something crawlers crawlers and then it's uh, it's it's the hidden one instead for the first split second, he's got his hands at his waist together like... I better bring my microphone back to my face, huh? Yeah. But he's got his hands at his waist together like a bodybuilder would do to flex his muscles yeah. really hard. But then he relaxes his hands down to his side really quickly. Yeah. So you know that they were trying to... Get him flexy. They didn't have to try hard. No. No. It was nice. Um, He's quite an imposing man. Isn't he? Um, And so he's like, hey, okay. buddy. Uh, and the hidden one is not there for chit chat. He's like, your time no. has come. No. And he wants to know where, where Abby is um, because he's after the witnesses. And Ichabod won't tell him. And uh, he he uh, uses his um, powers that are there, but they're not there, but he's not strong, but whatever. Uh, t- he slams Ichabod against the it's wall. It's all hidden. <laughs> it's all hidden. Um, <laughs> Ichabod pulls a gun on it and the hidden one, use, again, uses powers. Um and he's going to kill him, but Ichabod's like, bitch, I've died before I can come back from this. And the hidden one's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to kill your lady friend. And it's going to be horrible. No. And it's, oh. Commercial. And it's, <laughs> well, as soon as he releases the energy, um, the symbol uh, flies out of Ichabod's hand, or pocket. And um, it does some kind of a magic whammy, and then it wee, wee, then wee, it explodes. Yeah. And then commercial. Then commercial. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, God, I don't know. Is Ichabod dead? <gasps> oh, look at this 
Silverado that's being advertised to me by the voice of Chef uh, or Chef Corbin. <laughs> Chef Corbin, good job, Sheriff Corbin. Because that's good still job. weird to me. That is weird. Because I can hear it, like, and I'm like, oh. Corbin wants me to buy a Chevy. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we come back and Abby is, uh, she's trying to go back to the archive. Now, I noticed in my rewatch, Abby is carrying a box of what looks like donuts <gasps> she to the door. Was, it I looks, didn't notice that. It looked like, um, if you think about a Krispy Kreme box, the flat mm-hmm. box, but brown. <laughs> like the, the donut man bag she had earlier. <laughs> And it looked like that flat kind of, it looked like a donut box to me. That's beautiful. But you never see it again because she drops it. Yeah. But she meant well. She did mean well. Had Cannon accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, she goes to the door and she gets whomped by this blue <laughs> magic as it slams her back, uh, back away from the door. And so she's like, what the fuck? And so, of course, she goes to the tunnels because the WTF. archives. Yeah. Because the archives have like 47 different entrances. Um, and so she's going to go under. I didn't know it had a front door, but yeah. there you go. Well, there you go. Um, and so she's calling Ichabod and she's she's quite frantic. She's like, please, please, please answer the phone. Or you could answer the phone. Call me. Call me. Yeah. On the la- you know I was yeah. singing it. I know you were. Okay. I know you were. Um, and so this is when Pandy shows up. And she's like, hey, bitch. And um, thought she- you'd seen the last of me. <laughs> yeah, I bet you thought she'd seen the last of me. And so... um. She's like, uh, she's like, oh, I haven't done anything to Ichabod. And Abby's like, but yeah. she hadn't. Yeah, and Abby's like, yeah, I don't believe you. And she pulls, she pulls her gun. Pandora uh, doesn't necessarily lie. That's true. She still does horrible things. She's just a really bad person. Yeah, and she's like, put your weapon down. I could, I could wallop you if I wanted to. I don't want to though. Um, and then she tells her about the uh, emblem of Thura, and she said it's been activated for the first time in four thousand years. <gasps> Which, 4,000 years is how long Pandora has been wandering the Earth. So, that's a trademark, quote-unquote, uh, significant amount of time. So, I wonder what that's so t- all about. So, tell me about Thura. I got nothing to tell you about Thura. You have one fun fact to tell me about Thura. Uh, well, okay. The emblem of Thura, I could find nothing on. Okay. The word itself, Thura, um, after much looking, searching through, she tried, man. S- through Sleepy Hollow posts, because they all mentioned it. Um, it's actually uh, from ancient Greek, and it means door. Okay. With no significance, just roughly, it's a door. Door. It's okay. But uh, Thora is also a World of Warcraft uh, NPC. <laughs> uh, that's non-player character. This is not the first time we've seen a world of, or heard of a World of Warcraft reference no, in Sleepy Hollow. I went not. back. It was in Season 2, Episode 8, Heartless. Yes. And it was the Maelstrom crystal that Holly uses against the succubus. Yes. I knew there was something and I couldn't remember what yeah, it was. Yeah, I did too. I went and okay. found it. It's, that was the World of Warcraft reference. This is not the first one. Yeah. And if these are lady writers. Yeah. They're playing World of War. These are my people. It could have come from the room though too. Could, but, but yeah. That's true. But I couldn't find any significance on Thora. Um, Tony, I know you got my back. So let me know what you find. Cool. Because so far, yeah, I was underwhelmed. Um, and so apparently it was created to uh, to imprison gods, which, you know, if I apparently was Apparently that was a problem 4,000 years ago. Apparently, like, oh, God, now we got to imprison another damn well, god. Zeus needed it, I'm it, just saying. Zeus needed it around his dick. Because <laughs> all Zeus did was cause trouble by sticking his dick into things. 
so um, many things. <laughs> so uh, it, apparently the the emblem feeds on the god's energy and it, remember that. Yeah. Remember that point. And it begins to imprison them. And so the more the hidden one fights it. And he will fight. And he will fight. The closer it brings them to death. Um, and he said, you know, it, he's made it clear he will not let himself be imprisoned ever again. So he's going to fight the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. So the um, the power will build and it'll end in a maelstrom. <gasps> and uh, Pandora is the only one who can basically get him to calm his tits okay but we never actually saw her calm him down no we do not so we have that line of dialogue for no purpose yeah because they end up just beating that would be me um no no um so abby's like okay so she checks all the other entrances and she can't get in any other way and so she's like, okay, so you're basically and, here. To- and Pandora's like, told you so. Yeah, Pandy's like, Dodge. So she's like, you're basically here to release your hubs. And Pandora's like, yeah, um, but because like I would have been able to with my fucking box intact. Because it all basically goes back to, I had all this power with my box, and now I don't, and I don't like it. Um, so now she's like, now they have to work together because Abby can't do it alone and Pandora can't do it alone. So, mm-hmm. buddy road show mm-hmm. without travel, without the road show. Yeah. Um, but this can be fun though. Like in other uh, in other shows, when you put two characters like this together, it can it can be entertaining. The Game of Thrones has some of the best road shows. They really do. Yep. Exactly. Um, and so this is when uh, Sophie uh, is with Joe and Jenny and they look at the video and there's no sound until the very, very end. Um, and so they play it back and they realize Jenny's like, oh, my God, I'm an idiot. It's a whale. Because they thought it was like static or something. Feedback. Feedback. Yeah. And so then she's like, oh, shit, it's a banshee. And so. Honey, it's yeah. not how banshees work. Yeah. So they, they call Abby and Abby's like. Hey, so uh, here's the thing that happened. And Jenny's like, uh, you can't work with her because she's like the devil, basically. And so Abby's like, uh, I got this. And Jenny's like, yeah, but, you know, Pandora tried to kill them to get the, her piece of her box back. And so she's probably just doing this to get the piece of her box back. Basically, Jenny's saying, Abby, no. Abby, no. And Abby's like, Abby, Don't do the yes. thing. Abby, yes. Abby, yes. And so she's like, um, we have to get Ichabod free before the Hidden One blows this shit up. And so she she tells uh, the beats the B squad to handle the banshee. And so uh, this is when Pandora's like, "Hey, you know what we could use to power the box? A, a banshee." banshee. <laughs> so yeah, again, that's not how banshees work. <laughs> no. And all I could picture was the banshee running on like a hamster wheel, powering <laughs> the box. It's just where my brain went. Okay, I'll, I'll get to the banshee in a minute. So uh, I did want to. Yeah, I did want to remind everybody that again they can talk to us as many have. Uh, they can email us at randomtpodcasts at gmail They can, or they can get us on the twitters at randomtcasts. Yep, uh, or on Tumblr at randomtpodcast.tumblr.com or you can go straight to the source at randomtpodcast.com And we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash randomtpodcasts. I always forget that one. I know you do. It's new, relatively. It's not very active right now. Yeah, so. Well, but it was get, requested. It's, it's more active than it was when we started. There you go. So there we there you go. Sick. More active than it was if it were not existent. Because Janya stared at it for like an hour and was like, why haven't 50 people like <laughs> this know, yet? right? <laughs> why don't people love us? Why don't people love us? Um, and so also a cool thing that you can find on randomtpodcast.com 
our other podcasts. <gasps> what other podcasts? So many. Uh, we also do Gotham. We do. And we do uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Agent- just come back. Yes, it has, along with uh, Agent Carter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're also, we also have a random movies feed. We do. Which is, just as the name implies, random movies. So random. And um, also, we have a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie feed. We do. Yeah. Which is pretty much Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what it there is. There you go. It is what it is. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. So, you can those listen are to them can, in your ear holes and it'll be great. You can. You can find them straight on our website or you can go to iTunes or Stitcher or Pocket Casts. Yes. And we ask that if you do like what you're hearing, um, that you would leave us a rating or a review because that would not only make us happy, but it will also help other people find us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else they can find on our website? What else? They can find a link to our sponsor. Are you talking about unofficial natural phantom fragrances? I am. Oh! Yeah. Why else would I mean? Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you you can find it, it's in our show notes and it's all over our website uh, with our code Random T Podcast, no S on the end. You can get ten percent off five dollars or more at unofficial natural fandom fragrances. These are fragrances; they're not perfumes. They are essential oils suspended in water, and they are wonderful, and we love them so much. We do indeed. They're great. They are uh, fandom themed. Yes. Um, they, you can smell like your favorite character, which is pretty cool. You really can because they put a lot of thought and effort into uh, the scents um, that they choose for each character, and uh, they try to coordinate the aromatherapy benefits yep. to that character. Yep. Um, they have Hogwarts. They uh, that would be Harry Potter. That's the yeah. Harry Potter th- fandom. Um, Doctor Who, Supernatural, Sherlock. Nightmare Before Christmas. Disney Princesses. Disney Princesses. Star Wars. We have yet to talk them into a Sleepy Halloween. We're really trying. We've mentioned it a lot. We're not there yet. Yeah. Um, the Joker. Marvel. Harley Quinn. Uh, the Marvel group. Um, but it's it's great. Uh, Dumbledore. And I know I talk about it all the time, but I'm going to talk about it again. Dumbledore. Dumbledore smells, smells like awesome. Old books and lemon drops. Yep. Which is what you would expect Dumbledore to smell like. Exactly. Exactly. They're they're just really good. So do check them out. Uh, we have a link to their Etsy store, uh, like Johnny said, all over our website. And just go and read some of their descriptions. Yeah, their descriptions are great. They're wonderful. Um, and they're coming up on their one-year anniversary. Oh, I think, uh, here in a couple of weeks. That's awesome. So... I'm going to bet they're going to do some sales. Now, they will be closing at the end, near the end of April. Yeah. As their CEO will be on maternity leave. Yeah. Um. So, but I'm pretty sure they're going to have some sales between now and then. Probably. Clearing out stock and whatnot. Yeah. Cool. Well, that and anniversary. Yeah. Well, and they'll do a sale for... International Women's Day. I think they did something for... Yeah, they did something for... They do a sale for... Uh, Snape, was it Snape's birthday mm-hmm. here recently? Or Alan Rickman's birthday. Alan was it Rick- Snape's birthday or Alan Rickman's birthday? somebody's birthday. I'm going to get yelled at for that because I don't remember. One of their birthdays. I want to say it was Alan. The Severus Snape yeah. spray. Yeah. Um, you know, International Women's Day, they had a sale on, was it maybe? Female fragrances. Yeah. And, um, you know, different anniversaries and stuff of different. The, if there's an anniversary in that particular fandom, they'll do a sale. If there's yeah. a someday, sometimes they'll just do a sale just for the sake of doing a sale. Yeah, it's just really cool. They're that way. Yeah, so check them out. They're great. You can follow them on Instagram and Twitters and stuff too. Yeah, check them out. 
All right, so we go back to the archive, and Ichabod wakes up, and he finds that the hidden one is uh, trying to blast his way out, which if he knew about this emblem, then he should know that that wouldn't work. But he's trying nonetheless, even though he always bitches about not having a lot of power. Um, And so Ichabod is like, hey, basically stop, you ass. Um, And he's like... Uh, the hidden one's like, oh, you you use this to imprison me. And Ichabod's like, no, Say this what? is just a pretty thing my girlfriend gave me. Uh, so I can look at her at inappropriate times and see when what pastries she's <laughs> buying me and other things. Um, and so he's like, oh, shit, this is more powerful than you, isn't it? Oh, it was so like, yeah. yeah, it was great. Um, and so he's like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> he did, didn't he? He did. And I'm like, oh, my God, Ichabod, you're a giant toddler. It's yes. great. Um, so this is when um, uh, Joe and Jenny and Sophie go to uh, this guy that Jenny knows, Connor. Um, he used to run guns in Belfast, but now he's a whiskey blogger, which I think is nice. Yeah, sure. Um, and so she brings him. That's nice. Yeah, she brings him blood sausage because apparently he's a foodie. That's nice. Yeah, that sounded gross, but okay. And so she's like, hey, so uh, how would you, you know, theoretically, if there was, I don't know, a banshee. And Connor's like, uh, your ass would run. And she's like, okay, so we can't do that. Actually, I think it's Sophie that's like, that's not an option, no. Irish boy. Who he was lovely and he had a nice beard. Um, and a great accent. Oh, God, a great accent. And so uh, Connor's like, okay, so what I would do is if you had to confront her was to have some really pure iron. And he said nothing younger than 2000, two, 2000, 200 years old. Um, 1700s, roughly. Yeah. And he says that he, he warns them of what we saw, which was the Banshee using your own noise against you. She takes the, I think he said, the noises of life and spits them back out and turns them into death or something. Okay. That's not how a banshee works. Okay. So you're going to you're gonna hit me with all the we're, wrong we're, banshee-ness? We're going to, yeah, I have to talk about I know this you do. because I it know really, you do. really, really bothered me. Like I've said before, the twistery doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's the twistology. Yeah. That really drives me crazy. I understand that they wanted to use an Irish folklore. Yeah. Because this episode aired like a day after St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So. Oh, I didn't even notice that until now. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, Irish over here. Oh, okay. I know I'm also Native American, but I'm also Irish. Yeah. I yeah. am a boiling pot. Yes. Of different heritages, but my surname is Irish. Yeah. By the way, okay. that comes through my father's family. So there it is. Anyway, so a banshee or a bansheed. Spelled B-E-A-N-S-I-D-H-E. There will be links. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, I actually had to make sure I got the pronunciation correct. I went on YouTube and like I read. I read a book with a lot of Gaelic in it, and I ended up having it was one of those things where I was just my my brain would just gloss over, and it like wouldn't even try to pronounce stuff because I knew it was going to be just wrong. It's just a picture and it's a word. Yeah, Uh, banshees are not bad. They okay. are not evil in any way. They do not. <clears throat> they do not cause death. Yeah. They are harbingers of death. They will warn you of death. Okay. Um, but they don't actually do the killing themselves. They, no, they forewarn. Okay. And they used to be connected to certain fam- Irish families. Uh, that would be the O'Neills, the O'Briens, the O'Connors, the O'Gradys, and the Kavnaws. 
I, I know. Just you have they were the, they were sad that they didn't have an O in front of them. Blew the whole pattern right there. Yeah. Um, but intermarriage has since dispersed that it. out. Um, and some families actually had uh, like a spe- like a, the specific banshee was for a specific family. Oh wow! And they would name them. Oh wow! Which was actually kind of a cool. pet a pet spirit. That's, That's kind of nice. neat, isn't it? Yeah, um, you want one, don't you? But I kind of I know I've you always do. kind of wanted one since I was little. Ever since I heard about them. I was one and one, <laughs> but they uh, they would go out and they would scream at families, warning them of a death, so they could get their house in order. Yeah, as Sophie so succinctly put it. Yeah. Um, but a banshee would appear in one of three guises: you got a young woman, the stately matron, or a ragged old hag. We um, got the ragged hag version. Yeah, we did, which uh, represents the three the triple aspect of the Celtic goddess of war and death. Oh, cool. Um. Da, da, da. I'm not going to read this entire article. Uh, she may also appear as a washerwoman and is seen apparently washing the bloodstained clothes of those who are about to die. In this guise, she is known as the Ban Nahi. But that's uh, it that's, translates into washing woman. That's more the Scottish side of it. Okay. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So she's not bad. Yeah. Um, she's become demonized literally um she, well in this episode by popular culture well in this episode they've completely got it backwards well we had a bad banshee in supernatural a couple months ago yeah it's true i didn't like that either yeah i know you didn't um <laughs> i've got two different articles uh or two different websites that i'm going to link to talking about uh, yeah, because of the Ben Nahi, the washwoman's tribute is more Scotland than Ireland. Um, but the Scottish one is said to be the ghost of a woman who died during childbirth and would be seen wearing the clothes of a person about to die while the washerwoman is dressed like a country woman and is cleaning bloody rags on a river shore. Um, but they don't cause death. They just they let you know what's coming. of death. They're just harbingers of it. Right. And they are what they are. They're just, and they're considered fairies. Oh, okay. I believe, yeah, because this is uh, this is a list Some of Irish kind of fae fairies. Folk, yeah, yeah, they're fae. So, okay, uh, can also appear in other forms such as a hooded crow, a stoat, a hare, and a weasel. Uh, animals associated in Ireland with witchcraft. Oh, cool. So now, I mean, I understand they were going with the whole Irish theme. Yeah, whatever. But stop abusing these stories. They're story enough as they are. Yeah, it'd be really cool if they had a banshee that they thought was evil, and then it turned out. That would be it fun. wasn't. That would be fun, and like it, like it, it turned Different. out, like it turned out to just be a human that was murdering people, and the banshee was just just happened to be there as a harbinger of sure. That that'd be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. So find one that's not. Yeah, but that's not what we got. Stop abusing my monsters. I know. Okay. Um. So this is when Jenny's like, "Hey, we can just make a fuck ton of noise and attract the banshee." And Connor's like, "Yeah, and you're really gonna piss it off." So of course, that's exactly what they do. Of course, it is. They go driving around in Joe's ambulance, and um, that's one way to do it. Yeah. And so they've stolen part of the. Uh, I'm assuming it's it's our favorite church. Uh, part of their no. gate can be your favorite church. <laughs> Still better. My church would never bury a freaking witch in the graveyard. Three seasons later and you're still I'm bitter. still not letting that go. <laughs> don't bury witches in a church graveyard. I don't care who you are. 
So um, so they've got these spikes, and I was like, yeah, they got their crossbows. It's great. Well, Sophie was very concerned about robbing a graveyard, and Jenny's like, but we didn't rob a grave. We just stole the fence. Yeah. And she she gave her that look like, oh, honey, this is not the worst you're going to be asked to do in this. <laughs> um, and so Joe, nothing yet. Joe is bitching about Connor. He's like, Joe's he's a, jealous. He's like, he's a whiskey blogger. Why are we listening to him? He's an idiot. And um, Jenny's like, yeah, honey, that's nice. But the plan's going to work. And so because Sophie and Jenny are sitting in the back and uh, Sophie's like, how are how are you guys? Basically, because I heard about the whole Wendigo thing. And um, Jenny's that's like, that's a normal conversation people have. Yeah. Yeah. And Jenny's like, uh, he's fine. And um, no, no, he's s- fine. Yeah. And we stopped the transformation and it was fine. And so Sophie's like, yeah, it's probably still freaking him out, though. And she's um, and she makes a comment like, yeah, I'm sure he says he's fine because he's a man in love. And good God, is he in love? And um, so, yeah. And so they're talking. And um, as they're talking, uh, Sophie's voice dies away. And it's like, oh, shit, it's the Banshee. And they, they pull out earbuds. And I, I'm assuming these are the noise-canceling variety. They did not look like the noise-canceling variety. They, they weren't like... They what were, episode was that? They looked like Bluetooth headphones is what they looked like. Yeah, and these were just like actual, just the neon earplugs. It was this season. It was this season. It was early in the season. Um, and but so, those were not them because... No, the, those were just the kind of like you get at, at like Walmart that just go in mm-hmm. your ears when you're mowing your lawn. Which I thought was funny because I was like, um, maybe don't have those in your pockets. Maybe have those like right at hand while you're trying to fight the Banshee. But, you know, because even Joe's like trying to drive and dig in his pockets and so whatever. Um, so they but they get him in and um, the Banshee shows up in the road ahead of them and um, breaks the windshield and they get out and Joe misses her with his crossbow. But everybody has a crossbow and uh, the Banshee does finally scream and they're uh, they're protected from some of it. But it's still it's still not great. Um, and Jenny um, hits it in the head with one of her quote-unquote arrows and the banshee like poofs away Mm-mm, that's not what happened i thought the banshee poofed away but she did poof away yeah but jenny hit it in the throat with one of the fence pieces oh yeah 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 she didn't shoot it she just smacked she it. walked right up to yeah. it and and yeah. which i was thinking yeah hitting it in the throat that to makes make it stop screaming yeah that was pretty smart. Well, Jenny's a smarty smart. What was not smart was that when Jenny got a phone call, he re- she reached into her back pocket, pulled it out, looked to see who was calling. And it was Abby. This was not the time. Yeah, and so she looks, and it's basically a text from Abby that's like, don't kill the Banshee. We need the Banshee alive. And they're like, for fuck's sake. And so, <laughs> um, so <laughs> Jenny... Um, Jenny does tell, uh, cause at this point they're actually talking. She's like, um, Pandora's just trying to play you again. She just wants her box. And Abby's like, yeah, we need the Banshee alive to save, to save my Ichabod. So yeah. Uh, and then we go to said Ichabod. And, uh, <laughs> he's looking through the books in the archive and the hidden one's like, um, you're not going to find anything. And, and he's like, oh, these books have never failed me before. And um, the hidden one basically like trash talks knowledge just in general because he's he's omniscient. Yeah. No. No. He says op- um, um, omnipotent. Omnip- omnipotent. That word. Not omniscient because I went and made sure that I was correct in the definition of the two words because omniscient is all knowing. Okay. The other one is all seeing is all powerful. Oh. Ooh. And all right. 
Yeah, because Ichabod is like, well, you don't read. And he's like, I'm, I'm that word. Yeah. Omnipotent. Yeah. And, but Ichabod reacts to him as though he said omniscient because he yeah. says, you may know everything. Yeah. But you understand nothing. And I'm like, that word doesn't mean what you think it means. Yeah. Well, we can chalk that up to Ichabod being. But they're two totally different things. Yeah. You can be all powerful without being all knowing. So, but is he all powerful if his power is weak? Well, and he has to absorb all that stuff to know it, though. Yeah. See, I was. I was like, okay, so if Ichabod is he, if he's telling Ichabod that he knows everything, yeah, and then he has to absorb all of that, then he didn't know everything. Then he doesn't know everything. So, but what he said was that he is all powerful, right? So, um, Ichabod puts on a record, Duke Ellington, and he starts talking about all the um, all the stuff that humanity has created. Well, he, he starts talks- rattling off all these authors like Frida Kahlo and Leonardo da Vinci, and all the stuff that even came after he was. In his sleepy well, sleep. He lists um, Bob Dylan. Yep. Nina he Simone. Lists, uh, the artist formerly known as Prince, who I thought he was, he had went back to Prince. Yeah, but it might have been the time of the record. It might have been Could the artist be. formerly I known. remember, because he's changed. Cause for, a, for a long time, he was credited as. An emblem. Yeah. Um, the artist formerly. But yeah, I think he's back to Prince. I was thinking, I could be wrong. I think he is. I'm hoping. Because it was a legal thing. Yeah. It, there were, yeah, there were legal battles there um regardless i like his music Mm -hmm. uh i was a child of the 80s too yeah um but he also lists um oh what is his name the peanuts dude charles m schultz yes i like peanuts he reads peanuts he knows all kind of crap yeah he does he understands that reference yeah he does and so he's like um the hidden one's like yeah um try having art created to worship you Cause that's pretty cool. That would be pretty sweet. Cause I'm it? used to that. Um, and Ichabod's like, yeah. Um, but he says that gods need worship as much as man needs a higher power to believe in. So basically you're a construct of man needing to believe in something. So shut your face. But and what is a God without worshipers? Exactly. And so they kind of have a little, a little back and forth. And this is when um, the Hidden One starts pulling out some of Ichabod backstory. We learned a little bit about some Ichabod here. We did. Here. He's like, uh, you used to read books in secret when you were a kid. You used to hide, like, the candles. And you would hide from your mother for hours and worry her. He wasn't just reading any books. He was reading forbidden books. Forbidden books. Yeah. They were banned by the Church of England. Um, but he said that he's always lived to please. And so... He says that Ichabod's life was mapped out for him before he was born. Because? Because the thing about witnesses is that it's hereditary. It's part of your bloodline. Confirm. We have been suspicious. We have, especially with Abby, because we've talked a lot more about her link to her lineage uh-huh. through because Grace, Grace and her mom. And her and, mom. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. But now mm-hmm. we've got confirmation. So that was pretty cool. That's That's pretty damn interesting yep and if you also think about and i know it's hard because we don't like to talk about this yeah uh ichabod's son oh yeah that one uh was also pretty pretty powerful Mm -hmm. so i bet you know ichabod having a child with a witch probably created this super being kind of thing so so that's something we've been suspicious of but it is definitely now confirmed it is bloodlines yeah that was pretty cool yeah i was pretty excited yeah uh so this is when the hidden one absorbs all the knowledge from all the books and stuff in the in the library i want to do that i know that'd be nice 
I know a lot of kids trying to study that would like that. Um, And he's like, by the way, hashtag uh, we're sunk because there's nothing here to save us. I've already read it all. Good job. And this is when the building starts to quake and it's bad. I thought visually it looked really good, though. It did. My only problem with the library scene, and I mentioned it because you were watching yesterday when I came over, is um, at the beginning of the scene where the hidden one is talking to Crane, the lighting on Peter Mensa is horrible. It's very yeah. dark because he is a dark man. Mm-hmm. And it's only when he stepped closer to, I think, um, Ichabod that they lit him better and he looked... And, and they showed those really weird eyes he's got. Like the it, gold. Yeah, yeah. But for a while there, I was like, I was like, you're lighting him very poorly. Yeah, they're they're lighting. But the, I think they have to deal with the, that room. Yeah. Might be part of the problem. I don't know. But yeah, they were not you lighting. professional light people for that. Yeah. But also, uh, the banshee that they created for this episode, I have to say, was a step up from the Jersey Devil. Oh, it yeah, It might be was. the same wig, though. <laughs> no, it wasn't pink. Oh, that's pink. It wasn't pink. So, yeah. Uh, so, we go to um, we go to the backlit woods, and this is when the Banshee hears um, some music, and she it's stalks Beethoven's, over. It's, it's Beethoven's Fifth, it's by Beethoven's the way, fifth. and it's been stuck in my head since Friday night. Yes, it has. Um, but there's apparently an auditorium in the middle of the backlit woods. That looks a lot like, I think it's the Hollywood Bowl. It might be. Where it's... You know, it's that clam-shaped kind of uh, well, I mean, amphitheater. She's literally in the middle of the woods. <laughs> then there's Here's the amphitheater. music. And the next thing you know, she's running down the aisle of the theater. And you're like, what? I don't know what just happened, but okay. So it has to be in the middle of the woods, right? I'm guessing. The backlit woods. The backlit woods. Because damn, son. Yeah. Um, And so this is when she <laughs> she stalks down and she ends up on stage. She skulks. Yeah, she does. She skulks. <laughs> And um, this is, and I was like, this, before they even did the thing that I knew they were going to do, I was like, this is a terrible plan. a bad plan. idea. Yeah. And so Joe, Joe uh, lassos her with, uh, he's got this uh, chain of pure iron. And then <laughs> Sophie covers her with a sound, sound dampening blanket. And then they. Oh, sure. They sure. wrap her up. And I'm like, this is not, this is like putting a cat in a, in a pillow, uh, in a pillowcase. This is not going to end well for you. And unfortunately, I've done that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have. There were scratches. I have grown with cats. Yes. And you you must, as, as, as self-sufficient as they tend to be, there are times that you do have to do grooming on some said animals. Yeah. And sometimes in order to uh, do said grooming, like trim their claws, yeah. you have to wrap them in a towel or a pillowcase in cat order to burrito. constrain them. You have to make a burrito of a cat. In, in order awesome. to, to restrain them safely and softly. Yeah. In order to trim their claws. Um, however, my, my tomcat will have nothing doing. No. Ever. No. Anything. You will die. He will bite your face off. Before you wrap him in a towel burrito. Yes. But, so yeah. That's exactly, it is exactly, that, it would be Colby. Yeah. In a towel is exactly what this looked like. Okay. Yeah, because that she's, was it. She's super pissed, and um, so they 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 th- um, and I'm like, what are you supposed to do with this? Like, are you gonna sling well, her over Joe's shoulder and walk her back to where you need her? To, like, I don't know where this was going. Okay, but then Jenny wants to talk about feelings <laughs> again. Jenny, timing. This is the worst time because Jenny's like, hey, so let's talk about this, and Joe's like, I don't know how to trust myself. 
Uh, we want to talk about Wendigos at a time like this? <laughs> I know. And so this is, of course, when the Banshee gets out of the blanket and she wails at them. And um, Joe has to kill kill <laughs> her because, he because it's about to kill Jenny. Well, sure. And um, I don't blame him. And we're like, wah, wah. And so Joe and Jenny go to the archive and they're wait, like, wait, wait, no, you missed the best part of the scene. Oh, yeah, Sophie. Sophie walks up and you're like, what? You killed the Banshee? Who's going to tell Mills? Not it. Yep. Yep. We both like, nodded. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So Joe and Jenny have to do it. She's the little sister now, isn't she? She really is. Not it. Yep. I'm not telling Big Sis what happened. Shotgun. <laughs> and um, they're like, hey, Abby, guess who doesn't have a Banshee? Us. And um, so they explain that Sophie's out looking for another monster. Where is Sophie looking for another? She's in the backlit woods. She's just roaming around like... Hey, monster, monster, monster! I got some treats. Or I actually, when I when I when I calm down enough to actually think about it, I'm assuming she went back to the go through some FBI files. Okay, that that's more plausible than what I was thinking. I was just picturing her like her driving around yep. town with her head like hanging out Stick the window, her head like around yeah, with her flashlight, <laughs> going back to the carriage house or something. Yeah, you know? no, I I think. More likely, she went back to the FBI and go through their unsolved weird okay. quote weird, weird cases. So, um, and so this is when Joe sees uh the box piece that Pandora brought, and Pandora's like, "Hey, um, you know we we need a creature, honey, and you're you are one. So how about we uh how about we make some magic, literally." And um, she says something. So about- this whole episode has been leading up to this. Yeah, and so like. She says that the dark energy will be drawn from him and thrown at the barrier. Now, she does say it might kill you. Yeah, because she's not really 100% sure on what's going to happen. Again, she's not lying. No, she's not. She's laying it all out. She's not like, you'll be fine. No. And, um... So, it 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 makes it hard to believe that Pandora is pure evil. Yeah. And she says that it may or may not break him of the Wendigo curse. It might. But it might not. But it might not. We don't know. And so Jenny's like, uh, no, honey, don't do this because you could die and stuff. Don't do the thing. And But then the building shakes again and Joe's like, let's do this. Doing the thing. Yeah. Um, it's for Crane after all. It is for Crane. And so this is when we go back to Ichabod and he's looking at tracing his bloodline. And um, he's looking at the tablet and it shows the Nepalatu that are the hidden one's ancient enemies. Mm-hmm. And he's eating the, uh, the croissant. The croissant. And the hidden one, like, oh, you're eating at a time like this. And he says he eats his feelings. So yeah. yet again, confirmed. Yeah. Ichabod's cooking. Yeah. When and eating is, rela- is directly related to his emotions. When he's sad, Ichabod, it's literally lasagna, it's frozen f- lasagna in a pan. It's sad food. It's sad food. And when he's happy, like when he's with his Abby... So it is confirmed that Crane eats his feelings. Yeah. So I just want to hug him, my small son. Abby will hug him soon. Yes, she will. And so um, Ichabod's like, uh, hey, Abby might go help help uh, find help from 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 your uh, your lovely wife. And uh, he never calls her his wife, though. No, he doesn't. It's his consort. Yes. She refers to him as her husband, but she is only a consort to him. Yep. My love. My love. And so the hidden one's like, yeah, she wouldn't do that. (laughs) Ichabod's like, um. Humor me. 
Yeah, he's like, okay, so what would Pandy do? And he um he asks WWPD. Yeah, <laughs> what would Pandy do? And so he asks um what they could do to help them, whatever they're doing on the other side to get them out of this. And so he's like, well, I could take power from the emblem. Now wait. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. He can take power. He could draw power from the emblem that's drawing power from him. Again, the power swapping just kills me. Excuse me, who? Yeah. But he's like, but it has to be done at the correct time because Pandora has to be doing a spell from the other side. And it might weaken the barrier, but it has to be done at the, at the right time. And Ichabod's like, hey, you know we could use that thing that I've been using to spy on. I mean, I mean, like um, research uh, things to look at my partner. And, um, and we can, we can tr- maybe try to communicate with Abby. And the hidden one's like... Uh, looks at the tablet and he's like, uh, "Why don't you Why don't you translate it for me?" It's more like duh duh duh. Because doesn't he say like he's he using a, an incorrect version of he's the using uh, he's using a cuneiform that's six hundred years too young. Yeah. So Ichabod picks up a pen and pad of paper and hands it to him. Like, do it, and the dude takes it. I was like, this is weird. I was like, this is fucked up. Yeah, this is a weird episode. Um, we got like everything turned up on his head in this episode. Was it? It was not formulaic. It was not. And what I was telling you, this isn't the typical, we go after a monster and then the hidden one and Pandora stay in their little cave and yeah, bitch this about was, it. This was all hidden one and Pandora all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Which, So I was like, whoa. I know. I wasn't used to that, but it was good. Did they get paid for this episode? Yeah. They were actually in <laughs> they it. They were in it. Like, and they said more than like, my love. Um, so this is when Abby and Pandora are ready to work the spell. And Abby's like, Abby threatens her basically um, with don't you fuck Joe Corbin up. And cause she, she's like, he's like a brother to me. Um, meanwhile, Jenny is trying to get Joe not to do it. And he's like, no, I have to find a way to get this curse removed. Where in a million to be together? Where in a million years does Jenny think she can talk him out of it? Joe would never if the if the situation were reversed. Oh, I know, I know. Like there'd be no talking her out. There'd be no talking Jenny out of it to save you know somebody. Yeah. Um, and so they're they're again in the Masonic cell, which is terribly convenient. And um, I thought they were right outside the archives. I thought they were in the Masonic cell. Okay, sure. Because it was that kind of... I wasn't paying that much attention. Room. Um, and so this is when... They only uh, have so many sets. Yeah, so. that's true. And Pandora's like, you might want to leave. And Jenny's like, I'm staying. Ooh, you know what we kind of glossed over? What? Pandora going through their um, artifacts. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She does look through their stuff. So Pandora now has a working inventory... Of what they of have. Of their artifacts. That, yeah. that scares me. Yeah, that's probably but not they, good. But they did... It was kind of a callback that they showed us... Here's the lantern. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Were we talking about you, buddy? Yeah, he, he had to come up and okay. get me to pet him. Okay. Um, And so she's like, okay, Joe has to come, has to stay within this circle. That makes sense. To save, to keep him safe and to keep them safe from him. Works. Sounds good. Um, To do the energy sucky thing. That's very common. And so... Energy sucky thing? Yeah, where the energy comes out of it. Yeah, okay, like, you can sure. tell I'm technical. Sure. Um, and so this is when Joe transforms, and it's a full transformation this time. Okay, and so, like, the upper half of this Wendigo looks really good. Mm-hmm. Just don't look at his legs. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were some scrawny, awful-looking tights <laughs> or some shit. I don't know what that was. <laughs> but from, like, the waist up, 
It looked great. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the effects are much better than the Jersey Devil. They were saying anything is better. Somebody than must Jersey. have been on strike during that episode. I don't know what was going on. Um, and so this is when um, the uh, the Wendigo starts to like attack. He's gonna like run at Abby ah. or and Jenny, and Jenny tells him to stop. And um, in the name of love, because Pandora's like keep him in the fucking circle. Um, when and she says Pandora says he's lost. Yeah. Yeah, and Jenny's like, no, I can get through to him. And she's like, hey, honey, I love you, and I'd never hurt you, and you would never hurt me, and want a key to the trailer? And it works, because then he backs off. Because I love you. Because she loves him. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, if we have true love's kiss, I'm just going to probably barf. True love's key? True love's key. Okay, there, you go. there we go. We were mistranslating it this whole time. Oh, right. It was true right. love's key. Give him a key to your trailer and he will no longer be a monster. There you go. So there you go. Um, and so Pandora um, takes the energy from him that she gave to him with which the box, which I don't understand. Again, we're just trading energy. Oh, but yeah, but Jenny brings in the other piece of Pandora's box and okay, I have a problem here. Okay. If, if we can just... We haven't gotten to that part yet, though. Oh, never mind. Then. Okay. We'll get there. But we'll get there. Okay. Um, and so, uh, Joe starts to revert back to himself, and Abby's like, what the hell's wrong? And Pandora's like, so, hey, you got any more fragments? Because I need them. She knows they do. Yeah. She knows they do. And so, Abby's like, damn it, Pandora. Like, I thought you were trying to con us, but... She's like, this whole thing is, is a ploy to get to get the rest of your box that we have. And um, so Pandora's like, no, no, no. In fact, all of this is my bad. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> She's like, she told the servants of the Hidden One how to trap him with the emblem 4,000 years ago. Because she, she was like, I was hoping that they would... They would feel safe because he's like really strong and he can only be trapped by this one thing that I gave them. And um, so they used it to trap him. And she mentions that she walked the earth for 4,000 years trying to release him, which I still don't understand why. Um, and then again, in this time, she knew the witnesses had the emblem and th- they had the means to trap him. And she didn't say she anything. Didn't say so she's like, basically, I fucked up. And she's like, Abby, she tells Abby that she... um. She is, uh, you know, she's not trying to screw her over. She's really legitimately trying to do this. And so this is when Joe is dying at this point And Jenny's like, please. He's dying. How do we know he's dying? She's just looking at him and he's dying. Yeah, he's kind of crouched over. And apparently that I, equals dying. I guess so. So um, I just, I didn't get that. Yeah. And so this is when we go back to the archive. And the hidden one is translating the tablet. I can't believe, I was like. I, he's no, he's not good. No, no yeah. way he'd agree to that. And he literally and translates the entire tablet. Yeah, for Ichabod. Yeah, um, and so Ichabod activates the emblem correctly because he was doing it kind of half-assed. It turns out in the past, and he sees Abby. Well, all he had to do was flip the other side of the tablet over. Yeah. So that the tablet. Okay, so let's think this through. <laughs> We've got the emblem, and it's two pieces, mm-hmm. and they're magnetically, they are attached yes. to each other. Yes. So, nothing happens, mm-hmm. but if you touch them to the tablets, and then put them together. Yeah, then then you get witness vision. Then you get witness vision. Yeah. Or tablet vision. Yeah, because then you get this nice, cool little vision, and they watch... Whatever. They watch Pandora give her little speech, and the I hidden knew. one is super pissed. When she was giving her little spiel, I was texting you... 
he's gonna see this yeah and he this does still not turn out well and so this wake <laughs> pours himself a drink and he's like oh she's That's about it. to go down we're fucked we're done and so um this is when abby does bring pandora the rest of the box well i say the rest of the box the piece they had Jenny's the one who goes and gets it. Yeah, because Abby who, tells Jenny to go yeah, get it because Jenny brings begging. it in. But okay, it's only like it's still only a piece of the box. Yeah, it, it looks like, like a, the lid or something, like the lid frame piece or something. Yeah. So here's my problem. Okay, it took Pandora four thousand years, yeah. a complete box, and her powers at their peak. <laughs> to release the hidden one yeah. the first time. Yeah. When all she needed was a fucking Wendigo. There you go. Apparently the Wendigo is super powered. And a piece of her box. Yeah. What? Well, and like at, at, at one point, I think it was last episode when they were at the auction, Jenny was like, if Pandora gets the rest of, th- gets this one piece, they'll be unstoppable. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not the case. That's not how the box works. Apparently it is. Yeah. So, um, so they reassemble the pieces, um, and so oh, dear. the uh, it sucks out the dark power from Joe, and um, Abby runs at the doors, and the energies envelop the hidden one, and he disappears. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's not gone. He's just he teleported. Away. Yeah, he whomped away. He called Scotty. Yeah, um, and so Joe turns back to human Joe. And that yay. was a nice transformation. Yeah, it was. It was, it, well actually, it was actually really well done. But that's not difficult technology to do, to take one image and blur it yeah, into another. I that's mean, true. We can download a program to do that. And do that. But it was really well done. It was good. Um, and so this is when we, uh, Abby goes Hugs. and runs to Ichabod and they hug. And it's it was beautiful. beautiful. It's I not the so first time to... they've hugged, but I will be happy every time they do. Every time it happens. I'm just like, Ee! just picture me making like pterodactyl noises. Okay. Um, I don't have so to. I've seen it. He's like, oh, I thought it was really bad. And, I, I, you know, you saved my life again. And she's like, yeah, I'm keeping count. It was really cute. As you should. And so um, he's like, yeah, the hidden one just kind of disappeared. He's hidden once again. Oh, dear. And um, he's like, he he runs over to the tablet and he's freaking out. And it turns out not only the tablet, but the emblet. Uh, the emblet. Oh sure. God. The sure. emblem is also gone. The tablet is dust and the emblem is gone. But you know what they do still have? What the translation. The translation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the correct the correct translation. translation. Yeah, and so Abby's like, um I'm pretty sure it's still a win because we went up against a god and we're not dead. There you go. So silver lining there. Fist bump. And so <laughs> he uh Ichabod tells her that um the hidden one told what what the hidden one told him about bloodlines and abby's like okay mr dunn it's open 24 hours come on kid she's like (laughs) you "You earned it it. you earned it and so i'm like yeah this is beautiful now make out literally that's how i end most of the scenes where they're just together and now kiss kiss. yeah um and so (laughs) this is when we get joe and jenny um jenny takes joe back to her trailer and joe's like I heard what you said. She's, she's like, like, yeah, I told the Wendigo I'd give him a key to my trailer. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I feel really crappy. And I don't think you're going to get the Wendigo back. And the, like what I told you is the dialogue is cute. But there's just I no chemistry. Get any chemistry between these no. two. Mm-mm. And um, I want to. I want to because like I said, there are parts like this banter was really adorable. But uh, yeah. yeah. And I don't think that's anybody's fault. No, sometimes you just. Don't There's just not it. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's more these two actors than anything. 
Yeah, and I don't, it's not the actor's fault. No, it's just they it's just, just don't, not there. Yeah. And so this is when Jenny does give him um, a key to the trailer. Oh, okay. So that begets the question: <laughs> Where has Joe been living all this time? I'm assuming the cabin. Where's Joe been living all? They've no, no, no talk of it. No mention no, of it. No. Because um, I miss the cabin set. I'm, I loved the cabin. It reminds me of Jim Gordon, though. <laughs> from Gotham. <laughs> Joe doesn't have a home. He just lives with whoever he's sleeping with at the time. I, I don't know if he does. He sleep in the scout. <laughs> he sleeps in the ambulance. I don't Maybe know. he sleeps at the um, at the station where he works. Maybe I kind of just assumed it was the uh, it was the cabin because that's why Ichabod's living with Abby. Then they're in love. Yeah, but they never but, say you know, it, and we never that. see it. No, we don't. I miss the cabin. I miss the cabin too. Yeah. Uh, so our, you know, they they end up like kissing and and they're gonna have sexy times. Um, and so we go to my loves. No, uh, no. <laughs> no, they're not. No. Um, and so Pandora comes back to their to their home slash cave. Um, and she's like, "Hey, babe, how are you?" Because he's on his throne, and um. He's like, yeah, you saved me. That was great. Uh, you tricked him. And look, look, you've got part of your box and it's great. And he's like, um, except for there's this, there's this thing. And I found that there's this um, kind of lie thing that, that happened that we have to talk about. And Pandora's eyes get about like this big. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I demand the truth. And that's <gasps> the end of our episode. Oh, she's in trouble. She's in trouble. Yeah. Done. Did it. So, like, I don't know. Like, I was kind of getting the idea that she was working against the hidden one, but then this time made it sound like she just really fucked up several times. So, like, I still don't really understand her motivations. I don't understand her motivation at all. Yeah. I mean, she had her box. She had her full power. She walked 4,000 years. Why did she... I mean, why she practically put in there? Yeah, what I'm getting. Yeah, I don't. And it's but it, the thing is, is I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, I don't. It's not clear. Yeah, and they it's it's almost like they went into the storyline without a clear beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, and now they're like, oh shit, how do we explain this? Yeah. So. So yeah, not real happy about that. So. Uh, so we have feedback. Yes, um, we do. From Tony. A bit. Uh, so the first one, uh, apparently Tony feels this is a WTF okay. episode. Okay. That was a what the f-, f asterisk asterisk K episode. Okay. Um, if you can tell by my greeting, I'm at a loss with this episode. If this wasn't filler, then I don't know what is. I didn't think it was filler at all. Um, this was not a f- no. I thought it was the opposite this, of filler. <laughs> uh, a filler episode is an episode that has absolutely nothing to do with the overall story arc. Yeah. Um, this episode we had, it was all hidden when all pandy. Yeah. And we got uh, character development. We got the bloodline we, stuff. We learned that about was the bloodlines. Um, we learned more about Pandora. Not a lot, but some. Yeah. We learned more about Ichabod's backstory. So... Uh, mm, so I didn't see this I, as a filler. I have to disagree with that statement. Yeah. So, um, 
Trust me, we've seen a lot of filler episodes. Oh we watch gosh. Supernatural. Yeah, if you want filler episodes, there's a show. There's for like you. more than half of the season is filler. Oh my gosh, and it's so annoying. Um, Tony goes on to say, "In how many ways can I say this? I don't give a rat's ass about Joanny." <laughs> Uh, that I totally agree with. I totally agree with that as well. They're boring. I as, want to. They're boring as hell. <laughs> Sophie was pointless as well as the Banshee. Well, the Banshee was definitely pointless. They needed a damn Banshee to do what exactly? Well, they needed the Banshee's evil energy. Yeah. To help open the door. The um, Banshee was honestly just there for them to lose the Banshee to go, oh my God, Joe's our only hope. That's basically... <laughs> All it was. And it was St. Patrick's Day, so... Oh, yeah, and I didn't even think about that. Um, oh, the question goes on. They needed a damn banshee to do what exactly? Make us feel sympathetic to a relationship Jenny referred to at one point as brother and sister relationship? She pretty much referred to him as a tag-along in the Sisters Mills episode. Bring back Frank Irving, please, somebody. Oh, God, yes. Please. I would love Frank yes. to come back. I would trade Joe for Frank Irving. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Uh, Joe acting like some prepubescent child because some Irishman gave Ginny a European kiss on the cheeks. Grow the hell up already. Yeah, that was... His <laughs> His jealousy is annoying. Yeah, it is. Uh, Tom and Nicole proved to be... Proved to the audience once again why they're the heart and soul of this show. True. With the little we got about the witnesses and their lineage, it was far more interesting than the rest of the show combined. Oh, uh, that's true. He is so in love with her and she with him. If the show got up off its ass and made them canon already... <laughs> The chemistry between those two can't be beat. However, I think Abby and Crane are now joined because he placed the runes on top of each other. I believe they are now one. Just go ahead and make it official already and get married. <laughs> I only care about those two. Joe and Jenny once again prove to the audience that they should be at a daycare facility instead of running around getting into trouble. <laughs> they both put Abby in yet another predicament after she told them to leave well enough alone. At least Sophie got it. She was like, you guys fucked up big time. I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, she really was, too. Um, other than that, Pandora can go. So can the so-called hidden one. Unfortunately, they're two. Of, they're the main antagonist of this season. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, why is Danny riding in the back seat next week? <laughs> I don't know. That would be for the preview of next week. I yeah. don't know. Uh, this is a joke trying to bring him in at the last minute. What a waste of a character. Unless Sophie is Abby's daughter or Abby and Jenny's cousin, she can step out at this point. The show got off on the wrong foot in season one and stepped way more further in season two. That's my yeah. commentary. Uh, when they should have been selling Icky Abby as the focus in the first place. Instead, they bring him in as a lead who's supposed to be married, putting the co-star as what exactly? They did this because they didn't think the show would sell if they made the two the focal point, and we all know why. Too busy worrying what people would think. Antiquated thinking wins out every single time. What a shame because they wouldn't have had to suffer had they listened to what the audience obviously saw from day one in the first place. And that was Ica Abby. That's true. Absolutely. Um, and I will say, Tony, I firmly believe this. If we do get Ica Abby this season, it ain't going to be until the finale. Uh, no, when I hate They're going to make it a finale thing. Uh... So, Tony went further in another email. says, so when I referred to Incommunicado as a WTF episode, that was in reference to Joanny because it was pointless. Other than that, I loved hearing about Crane as a little boy. I also recall his father back in Purgatory talking to Crane about him always being drawn to the Greek tragedies. So, that was interesting. 
hearing the hidden one tell Crane about how he watched him as a child reading books he shouldn't. Next, I wanted to talk about the angel wings on the pastry bag. Okay. The donut. Yeah, thing. yeah. Okay. Uh, is the show trying to tell us something? Maybe this could come around back around to what I talked about earlier, and that is the Nephilim. Donuts are the food of the gods. That's that, just that's true. It's confirmed now. That's, that's true. That Crane and Abby might be the children of the fallen angels that are descended from the Nephilim. Speaking of, what happened to Orion? Well, now he's not with the kindred. Mm, no. He's with Holly? Holly's off chasing after his stepmom. Maybe he's with Holly. Maybe he is. Okay. Buddy cop movie. Yeah. There is info about Ra, the sun god, and the fallen angels. Then there's the whole issue with with Abby's dad. What is he exactly? Of course, I'm going with a brother to the hidden one, or like I previously stated, Abby's ad is the hidden one. I have yet to hear anyone refer to Peter Mintz's character as Ra, the sun god. Plus, Ra wasn't evil either, so I guess we'll have to wait on that answer. I think Ra's the brother. That would, okay. Because the brother was all golden and shiny in that one little shot we saw of him. Yeah. I think I think the brother is raw, personally. I'm waiting for Abby to bust out with her superpowers. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, because notice how Pandora tells Abby to calm herself. Now, that was interesting. Waiting to see if we'll get an Ika Abby kiss or engagement by the end of the season. Lastly, why do I get the feeling Crane might have seen Abby naked? <laughs> now that the runes are joined, will their needs and desires come to the surface? I sure as hell hope so. Crane is thinking... They don't have power, but what he fails to realize is that their powers have now merged. But I wonder if they'll have to participate in 22 positions only and won't be a one-night stand. Okay. Yeah, that'd be bad. So there's that. Um, And apparently Crane was a freak from way back. Yeah, that's... (laughs) As Tony uh, points out to us. In season one, Abby goes to break him out of Terrytown facility, and as they are walking down the hallway, Crane proceeds to put his coat, but that's not the only thing he's doing. He was straight up looking directly down Abby's shirt and smiling while doing it. Uh, go back and watch it. Uh, but also, <laughs> you got to remember, he's like 20,000 feet tall. That's true. So, anyway. In the episode Lester Key of Solomon, Crane was completely turned on while Abby was picking the lock. Which who wouldn't be? That's not wrong. That's not wrong at that's all. That's not wrong at all. I was pretty excited. I know, right? But it doesn't stop there once they enter the cabin. Notice Abby's in front of Crane as she continues walking through the cabin. Crane literally stops and closes eyes and takes a deep whiff of Abby's perfume and looks right at her before he opens his eyes. In the episode with the Sandman, Crane does a full body scan of Abby lying on the table in her bra and pants. Of course, he tried to be slick with it by asking how Abby was feeling. But then he full-on checked her out, quote, nice and slow, end quote, and then committed her body to his eidetic memory. Oh, my God. I didn't think about it that way. Which, that eidetic memory seems to have disappeared. Uh, In the episode, the vessel crane had to lift Abby to get the ladder, then checked out her ass after he put (laughs) her down. I didn't remember that. He copped a feel. In season two, uh, the Akeda episode, watch Crane's face as Abby starts up the motorcycle. Her ass landed directly on his crotch, and the look he gives her is priceless. I remember that. Yep. He sits there and has to readjust his package. Yeah, he does. That was hilarious. He sure hopped off that motorcycle awfully quick. I wonder why. (laughs) Yeah, he was excited to ride and not just because he wanted a motorcycle. It was the ride he got on the motorcycle. Uh, that of which he wished were of a different kind. Then there was last night's episode in Communicado that everyone on Twitter is speaking of. I am following the wrong people on Twitter. Apparently. 
Just got to say. And that is Crane's lack of eye contact with Abby when he asks, when she asks whether or not he'd been spying on her. Because <laughs> Then he was. when she wasn't paying attention, he looked directly at her chest when he said he hadn't done anything inappropriate. Lots of people are laughing about this and saying Crane is a freak, and I, for one, couldn't agree more. <laughs> I think that's awesome. This is the kind of meta I can get behind. <laughs> I'm all right with this. And then there was one other email from Tony that I'm not reading. <laughs> I don't think you could do it with a straight face. I couldn't do it with a straight face, and it borders on porn. And, Tony, thank you. <laughs> we enjoyed it nonetheless. Thank you. Um, but Tony also sent us a uh, Crane's Freakiest Music List. Yes. Which are in our show notes. Yes, we added, there's a playlist now for, for Crane being a freak. So. It's great. Yeah, go and, you can go and check that out if you want to put that playlist <laughs> together. It's out there. That's awesome. I can't vouch for any music because I'm not familiar with most of them. Yeah. But Good I wanted stuff to let around. the freak fly, yes. as as the kids these days say, yes. or somebody said, or once somebody said uh, at some point. So that's all of the feedback that we have. Okay. So, so wow, yeah, I yeah. I absolutely thought we got a lot of story in this. A lot. I, I was not particularly happy with the episode, but we did stuff happened. Yes. So. I'm still very confused about motivations. I don't understand and power it. and all this crap. Yeah, because apparently the thing that draws the power from him, he's going to draw the power from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole him and Pandora have been trading power for several episodes. Like, I just don't understand how this works. You trade more in power. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So there so, we go. Yeah. That's, um. That's all I got. That's all I have. Uh, apparently, there's a tax increase in Sleepy Hollow. Oh, because you, you just got the news alert. I did. I yeah. did. Uh, it could reinstate the village services. So that's nice. That's nice. Because um, <laughs> we also get news the, of the actual Sleepy Hollow. Uh, the Sleepy Hollow president is cautiously optimistic about that tax increase. That's good to know. So I'm, that's, glad, yeah. I'm glad we settled that. That, that is good. Um, <laughs> Nothing uh, cool. I'm looking. I'm looking for a renewal no, uh, notification, and it's not. Yeah. Here. So well, close. keep in mind though, we got the the ones we got for Agents of Shield. That was early. Uh, oh, somebody's looking for a house share in Sleepy Hollow. Oh, okay. Does it come uh, with a ghost? Female housemate wanted to share home in Sleepy Hollow. So, uh, if anybody's wanting to move uh, to Sleepy Hollow, that's on Craigslist. Okay. So you might want to check that out. Um, Zach Appleman has a black belt in karate. Okay. Apparently that's a, a thing. thing. <laughs> uh, uh, yep, that that darn. I was I was really hoping there would be a renewal thing in. Damn. Our, our alert, but no. Sorry. Alas, no. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks, guys.